0: Everybody that you meet, you can learn something from them. It's not necessarily what you achieve in life that matters most, but it's who you become in the process of those achievements that really matters.
1: We all need people who believe in us. They expand the boundaries we place on our own lives. What makes me most proud is how I played the game. Being real, authentic, and spontaneous, and loving the game to me is what it was all about.
0: When you retire, you may get a chance to go to football heaven. This is football heaven. Welcome to the mission. I'm your host, Jameer Howerton. Hey, guys, as you know, at the Pro Football Hall of Fame, we celebrate the excellence of the great legends that have built this game. But not only do we celebrate their excellence, we celebrate the excellence of the current players that are in the league right now who are setting their benchmark on the game as well. Well, inside the Pro Football Today Gallery, you can witness record-breaking artifacts, such as game-worn uniforms, cleats, shoulder pads, helmets, footballs, coaches' gear, and so much more. Well, here at The Mission, we put together a three-part series where we got a chance to catch up with three iconic voices to relive those magic moments that you can witness inside the Pro Football Today Gallery. I'm talking about the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs, Mr. Mitch Holtis, senior writer, digital contributor of the New Orleans Saints, Mr. John DeShazer, and today we kick it off with the voice of the Houston Texans, Mr. Mark Vandermeer. We're so honored to be joined by the voice of the Houston Texans, Mr. Mark Vandermeer. Mark, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jameer. Thanks for having me on
1: today. Looking forward to talking some football.
0: Absolutely, sir. And today, we really want to get a chance to talk to you about some unique content, how the Houston Texans are engaging their fans. And uh, here at the Pro Football Hall of Fame, we have the Football Hall of Fame Gallery, where Football, Pro Football Today Gallery gives a chance for our fans to see the excellence that's being celebrated with inside our doors in Canton, Ohio. And two guys that just jump out to me is J.J. Watt and Deshaun Watkins. And when you think about these two players and just uniqueness, and you've had your, your thumb on this team since day one. When you think of Deshaun and you think of JJ, when did you know that these guys were 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 it that they were going to have that that career?
1: Well, very different circumstances because Watt was drafted in 2011 and actually drafted during the lockout, Jameer. So. We didn't really get to see JJ. We saw him for about a 24-hour period when he was picked, and I don't know if you recall recall that year, but players could come into the building, the draft choices, get their playbook, and then they had to scram until training camp because the lockout was going on. So we all met JJ very briefly, and he's just a tremendous guy. I mean, that's first and foremost with Watt, besides being one of the greatest defensive players in the history of the game. And I'll never forget that during that dark period, if you will, between the draft and training camp – There was a tragic accident with a family and some kids and the parents died and it was awful and a couple of kids ended up paralyzed and i believe one of the other kids passed as well j.j heard about this and took it upon himself to go to the hospital bought gear from academy sports and outdoors brought it to the hospital brought it to the kids now they're lifelong friends uh, to the surviving kids And it's just a beautiful thing to see. And he didn't do it for any kind of publicity. Nobody knew about it at the time, but it obviously gained some notoriety. And that's my favorite Watt story more than anything he's done on the field because that shows you what kind of guy he is. But on the field, he's been explosive. I think early on... Jameer, in his rookie year, it wasn't really explosive from the get-go. It was in the playoffs that year. We had the pick six against Cincinnati, and then the legend of J.J. Watt took off. Uh, so really that first year was, was a ramping up process football-wise into the postseason. And he told me after that postseason, he said – I figured a few things out. I'm like, I guess you did. Because the following year, he just, he just busted loose and became defensive player of the year. As far as Watson goes, well, he came in with so much notoriety. I mean, Watt was different because when they drafted Watt, he was actually not widely booed, but some people actually booed at the draft party because they figured they needed, the fans figured they needed an outside linebacker, pass rusher with Wade Phillips defense coming in. And Watt really didn't fit that description necessarily coming into the draft, but it turns out he's one of the greatest pass rushers of all all time. So that was interesting to see how the fans reacted versus how it played out, which is very important for fans to remember when your team makes certain moves that you just don't know how things are going to play out. But with Watson, it was such a shock. He was so well-known. No one thought the Texans were going to end up with him. And then they trade up to number 12 in the 2017 draft and pick him. And it's like, it's, oh my gosh, we have Deshaun Watson on this football team. And even early on, he was on the third team in practice and into training camp, but he rose up quickly. It didn't start game one, but he was uh, take he took over at halftime of game one and the rest is history. He's so phenomenal, they both are, and it's great to have them on this franchise.
0: As I mentioned earlier, we have their artifacts on display at the Pro Football Hall of Fame and the Pro Football Today Gallery. And like I said, this gives our, our viewers and our guests to come to the hall and just celebrate the excellence of the current players. And when I think of Deshaun, uh, October 1st, 2017, where he tied the NFL record for most touchdown passes in a single game by a rookie quarterback. You called that game. Were you blown away to see his talents on display?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I'm always blown away by Deshaun Watson. Even his very first start was a Thursday night week 2 2017 in Cincinnati primetime game. Uh the Texans were basically out of tight ends. They had no tight ends. They had to sign somebody from the practice squad who really hadn't played and and he really wasn't in the game more than one play. So they went with this unique offense Watson didn't throw the ball a ton that night. That was his first start. But he ran the ball well, and he had a a 50-yard touchdown run in that game. And we just jumped out of our seats in the booth, and we just knew that, that this kid was something special. You knew it coming in. You weren't exactly sure how it would translate, because a lot of college quarterbacks who are great in college don't necessarily, obviously, become really great pros. But Early on, it was clear that no moment was too big for this kid, that he could he could handle any kind of pressure. Right. He loves the big moment. Uh, so in his rookie season, even though it was cut short due to injury, you could see that he had the goods, and he just loved being on the football field, really enjoyed himself, and and he just relishes being in those situations where the team's down and he has to bring them back.
0: Well, we had those game-worn cleats from that game, and then in mm-hmm. October 6, 2019, against Atlanta Falcons, where he threw for five touchdown passes, we had those cleats on display as mm-hmm. well. What made that yeah. game so
1: special? Well, the one against the Falcons uh, of last season was special because they needed a breakout game offensively. You know, they really – they had a pretty good game against the Chargers. They had a pretty good game against the Saints, but they had two really – subpar offensive games in that opening stretch against the Carolina Panthers. That was when they lost and against the Jacksonville Jaguars, a game they won when they made a stop on a two point conversion try late. So, Uh, They were back at home. People were wondering, are they really going to be that good offensively this year? And that game served notice that they would be. And late in the game, they had a third down. Uh, Instead of running the ball, trying to grind it, clock, whatever, uh, they went to Will Fuller deep, and he got a touchdown. And that was uh, the final touchdown pass of the afternoon. It was just thrilling to see. Uh, Watson is is something special. And I think you're going to have a lot more stuff in the Pro Football Hall of Fame from him in years to come.
0: Yes, and with J.J., we've had a ton of stuff from him, but what stands mm-hmm. out is uh, 2015, when he was mm-hmm. the NFL defensive MVP. We had his elbow brace along with his jersey. That was one. What made it special when you
1: watched him during that season? What made that season
0: so special for J.J.? In
1: 2015, uh, that you know, it's, it's funny you bring that up because like that's not necessarily one of the ones that I would circle, although wow. I think from a team standpoint, uh-huh. From a team standpoint, uh, that was a, a real sign of resiliency for the team. Uh, a sign that I, I think every team can serve inspiration, can get some inspiration from that. They were two and five and going no place. They had two uh-huh. monumental blowout losses on the road in that opening stretch, going two and five. They beat Tennessee on the road. Tennessee wasn't very good that year. And then they go to Cincinnati. Cincinnati comes into play in Houston history a lot. Uh, they go to Cincinnati for a Monday night. Cincinnati's 8-0 at the time. The Texans are, you know, left for dead in football terms, 3-5. and But Watt and the defense stood up that night and held the Bengals to six points. And that was a really good Bengal team. And as I said, 8-0 going into the game. They put up only 10 points, but they won the game 10-6. to And it was one of the greatest games I've ever seen as a Texan's Voice, you know doing what I do because uh that I, it's a top five game to me in franchise history The where they were the fact that it propelled them to going on a run where they won four in a row that was part of a four game winning streak and they eventually won the division and Watt was tremendous the whole D was tremendous uh that year the very next year Watt gets hurt uh right. and they still finished number one in the in the league defensively uh but you know Watt it the ability to play through injury, the ability the, – the, it's funny you have the arm brace there, you know, because yeah. that's just such a trademark of his right now and, and has been from the get-go. So uh, that's pretty cool stuff.
0: And what's really cool is that him and his brother, we actually had both jerseys on display at the same time. Uh, TJ's because he actually had two sacks and interception in 2017 during his rookie debut. So it was really cool that these guys aren't in Canton, but right now at least we can say JJ is definitely on that path.
1: You know well, now- and I, I think it's important that you have those things there for guys who aren't in the hall yet or maybe some of them don't make it you know I hope both those guys make it of course but I just think it's great that you have those things because people need to see uh, those those items in there and need to know that the current stars of the game are being celebrated that way
0: Absolutely. Well, Mark, let's get ready to rock and roll. I love that. I was doing my research and I was listening to you. I, I love, I love your tags. You know, when, when you're when you're your signature tag when you're on the calls. How did that How did that um your your that come about, sir?
1: Rock and roll. Uh, I, I say rock and roll for some touchdowns, not all of them. Like a lot of people think it's all of them because they play a lot of highlights here in Houston. They hear right. that on the radio, so they think I say it all the time. I don't say it all the time. I say it for some, you know, big plays, maybe a long touchdown pass or or just something monumental like a uh, pick six that turns a game around or something like that uh, and I got it when I was doing a play-by-play for Central Michigan University in the Mid-American Conference and I just started doing it in basketball and then I okay. thought maybe this would work in football you know rock and roll was a, a call I used after dunks and things in basketball but then I started uh, incorporating it into the football and I've used it every step of my career and with the Texas I've been with the Texans since 2002 and yes. um People seem to like it. You know, not everybody, but what the heck. uh, People seem to like it, so I've kept it.
0: Hey, man, don't hate the player. Hate the game. I (laughs) I love it. And I love your quarantine blues. Now, Mark, before we move forward and talk more Mm. Houston Texans football, if people want to follow you,
1: how can they do so, sir? At Texans Voice on Twitter, at Texans Voice.
0: Great, great. Well, moving forward, let's talk about free agency because, uh-huh. you know, I know there was a big, oh my God, what's going on? But just from mm-hmm. your perspective, to see all the various moves, how well did this team get better during
1: this mm-hmm. offseason? Well, we have to see. You know, you always have to see how it plays out. And then training DeAndre Hopkins was obviously, you know, not well received by the home fans initially and, and maybe not still because. I get it. I I love DeAndre Hopkins. He's a tremendous player. He's made so many great plays for this franchise. Um, And these things happen in professional sports. Uh, And I think that whenever a move like this is made, the, the reaction, whatever the instant reaction is, is going to be one thing. And the way history plays out is going to be another. Now, maybe it doesn't play out. Well, I don't know. But I think that when you look at the way the team is shaped as we speak, you know, they later that night they got Randall Cobb. He is potentially the slot receiver they've been yearning for in the O'Brien era. I mean, a polished pro. And, and they get David Johnson also, who's got to stay healthy. I mean, there's no question. The running back from Arizona, they got in the Hopkins trade. He can really help them. You look at Carlos Hyde, who had his best season ever over a thousand yards for the Texans last year. Johnson is a really great receiver and a good running back. So he can be used in a variety of ways. And then last week they make the deal with Brand, for Brandon Cooks. So you have Cooks, Cobb, Will Fuller, and Kenny Stills. Now, if all those guys – and it might be a big if because Fuller's had health issues. But if all those guys are out there, oh, my gosh. Uh, you know, even three of the four and pick any three of the four, I think it's a good receiving crew. So they've really overhauled the wide receiver group here. Uh, And look, you do lose Hopkins, there's no doubt, but I think that you've spread out the production and they've got some good tight ends and a riser potentially in Kahale Waring, who they drafted in the third round last year. He IR'd last year. He's kind of a redshirt year. He could have come back, but they were they were kind of good at the tight end department, in the tight end department. Uh, all that combined with Duke Johnson out of the backfield. they got a lot of guys to throw the ball to, Jameer. So I think it's going to be really interesting. And O-line, which has been an issue for them in recent years, uh, last year they really – beefed it up, two draft choices, first and second rounders starting. You have Laramie Tunsil, who they acquired Labor Day weekend. So you're good to go on the line now, which they haven't been going into a season, at least on paper, for a while, at least this time of the year. So now – That's a strength on this team. And I I just think there's a lot to look forward to offensively. And most of it has to do with number four, pulling the trigger. I mean, you have one of the best quarterbacks in the league. You strengthen things around him. And you've got some good things going for you. So I think it's going to be really fun and interesting. And we'll see how it goes.
0: When you look at this year's draft, you know, we're going to miss all the pageantry. But how Mm -hmm. excited are you guys for this season's draft? And what are some of the things that you guys are doing to engage your fan base with the draft?
1: Uh, it's a good question. You know, we have no first-round picks, so that makes things interesting. But we just lived through this because they traded for Watson, right? They traded off one mm-hmm. for Watson. And they that draft, that follow-up draft in 2018, they had no first or second rounder, but they had three third-rounders. And one of the players they picked that year was Justin Reed, safety from Stanford, who's turned into an excellent player for them. And I think he's going to be a pro bowler and, and a really good player for a long time. And he's a terrific guy, too, to boot. I, I just think that... Uh, you have to find a way to you know flush out flesh out what you're doing you know you have a second round pick number 40 overall Uh, I think it's going to be an exciting player no matter what the situation is this team does have a track record recently of drafting well so I think people will get excited about that Uh, but you try to take them inside as much as possible and um, and we had a conference call for the season ticket members uh, with the with the chairman, Cal McNair, with Bill O'Brien, with Jack Easterby, Uh, and that was, look, that got some reaction because of the Hopkins trade, but it took people inside a little bit. We're trying to do that a little bit more this year, as much as we can in this Zoom world we're all living in right now, and uh, we have a lot of content going on. We've been catching up with a lot of players, and we try to catch up going into every draft, Uh Amir, We try to catch up with players uh, who were drafted by this franchise and talk to them about what their experience was, even if they drafted even if they were undrafted free agents how they ended up on the team how that all worked out for them that whole part of the process just to sort of relive it and get it in the minds of fans what is going on this time of year and I think it's um this draft is going to be the biggest draft ever in many ways for the National Football League because we have no sports you know this is it and this is going to be huge you can get a Super Bowl rating for this not Super Bowl but really high TV rating for this.
0: Absolutely. The Texans are near and dear to my heart because there are three people that have been so instrumental in my career with your organization. Mm-hmm. Number one, Amy Palsic, great person, very dear friend of the family. Clay Hampton, love him to death. Him and his family oh, yeah. definitely set me on my path in the NFL. And of course, Uncle Romeo, who does not love Romeo Cornell? Just just, you know, and I know there's probably some other people if I look through the yearbook, but those three people just off the top of my head, man. And um, that is so great, like as you were talking about what you're doing for the fans and we're doing the exact same thing. We're talking to our gold jackets and we're reliving those moments and we're really trying to dig in deep and get those unique stories like, where were you doing this year's rap and, and how did that change your life? So forth and so on. But like you having the pulse of the team and talking to the guys, how are the guys staying ready? Like What are they doing as far as their workout regimens?
1: Well, we've heard a lot of different stories of of people doing different things, and you hear it in all sports. You know, like I was interested to hear that Giannis in in the NBA does not have a hoop in his driveway. You know, I mean, you have stuff like that going on right now in this in this dark period. But uh, with the Texans players, uh, we've heard a lot of different stuff. Uh, some of the guys have, uh, have turned their garages into workout facilities. Uh, Nick Martin was saying it kind of reminds them of high school, where you're just trying to do anything you can, crunches, and, you know, you're just trying to do exercises, you know, just like, you know, you and I might do in our homes. But uh, the, some of the guys have really great equipment, uh, some better than others. Uh, but they're all hanging in there and working out because they're professional athletes. They know they got to be ready. And it's just like everybody, everybody with any kind of job right now is just waiting, waiting, waiting. And they know they have to be ready. So these athletes are the same thing. And, you know, we don't know exactly how the rest of the off is going to go. I mean, it, the disappearing offseason program, uh, you know, as we speak, it just dwindles and dwindles and dwindles. And they're going to have to be prepared to hit the ground running, to use the cliche. Uh, but I, I hearken back to that lockout year we were talking about earlier. Uh, all the vets, they had the whole offseason off, if you will, and had to work out on their own. And for the Texans, they ended up having a 10-6 and six year, the best season they had to date, uh, and I think that the ones who take advantage of whatever individual workout time they can get, whatever uh, self-improvement as a professional athlete they can administer on their own, uh, those are the ones that are going to shine once we get back to it for real. You know,
0: Mark, have, have, have you had time to really think about maybe if there's a, a season, but then there's no fans in
1: the stadium? Yeah. Oh, I've thought about that a lot, Jameer. I mean, I yeah. – I'm really worried about all of it and uh, you know look I know there are bigger things to worry about in the world but you and I are talking sports here and talking football and and the more time that goes by the more I get concerned about that kind of thing and having to do games without fans and I I have friends in the NBA and I talk to them about what that's going to be like if they do stuff without fans or the the baseball stories about Arizona Uh, the way I look at it is Uh, look people watch football no matter what it'll be weird to not have fans you know Uh, it'll be strange if if it came to that Uh, because I just think fans the I'm an audio guy I'm a radio guy the sound of a game without fans I've done basketball games for you know like I was at when I was at the University of Miami we played in the San Juan shootout and there was nobody there because the tournament was undergoing some Difficulties or whatever. There's virtually nobody there. So all you heard was the basketball bouncing and the squeaky sneakers. You know, with football, you're going to hear a lot of pads. You're going to hear, I think the coaches will really object to this because you're going to hear a lot of signal calling, a lot of cadence. You're going to hear this stuff loud and clear because the parabolic microphones will be right in there because uh, you got to have something. And right. I, I just think it's going to be strange if it comes to that. I hope it doesn't come to that. I hope we have fans, obviously. Mm-hmm. And let's just pray that, uh, that we can get some football back because I think the country will really benefit from it.
0: Absolutely, Mark. Well, Mark, I want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule, for joining us right here on The Mission. For Mark Vandermeer, I'm Jameer Howerton. Thank you guys for joining
1: us.